You're listening to the Fayetteville 411 podcast, produced by the City of Fayetteville, where you get information about city government and the programs and services they provide. You'll get topics of interest and an inside look into the various departments to help keep our city moving. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of the Fayetteville 411. I'm Gavin McRoberts. And I'm Nicarla Webb, and we are your hosts for the podcast. I'm filling in for Sherry. Today we have Fayetteville Police Chief Gina V. Hawkins here. Thank you for coming. Thank you for inviting me. Now, Chief Hawkins, the police department is a very busy department between responding to traffic incidents, uh, community policing efforts, as well as investigating crimes. It seems like the average officer puts in about 50 hours in a work week uh, just in order to serve the community. And and today we want to highlight how your department's handling race relations and the recent calls for change. Chief Hawkins, the police department received a $50,000 grant to cover cost of racial equity training. Congratulations. You're putting it to use during a challenging year. We're watching civil unrest play out in North Carolina and beyond. Please talk about feedback you've received from the community. Okay, so first of all, once again, Thank you for, one, giving an opportunity to share a little bit about the police department. Gavin, you started talking about what you believe the average officer puts in about 50 hours. That's on the low end. I'm going to share that because um, people's perception of law enforcement really a lot of times are we just respond to 911 calls when we do a whole lot more than that. The topic today is talking about um, the grant that we got for racial equity training and or uh, culture diversity training, uh, diversity training awareness. So the first step that we started in, uh, implementing um, utilizing this grant came from we had already as a department been training on this, but we only had small segments. We had a few of the executive command staff as well as like a a handful, maybe about 20. When we were first exposed to um, this specific one um, uh, provided by the Racial Equity Institute, um, which was called Groundwater. So when we attended that last year, um, I knew I had started wanting to implement this in the department. Then 2020 happened. So and the uh, the calls for change. So we were already on track as an organization. How important it is, um, this specific, trying to figure out how not only can I provide it for my officers, but more importantly for the entire department, um, civilian, everyone who works for us. Because when people start realizing you're influenced by everyone around you, our non-sworn and our sworn, and how we treat ourselves behind the scene and how we treat outside. It first has to start with education, awareness, understanding. So the first, excuse me, the first thing that, um, the first segment is how can we get this to the masses in the police department? Uh, And they provided groundwater training that we, I had attended in a three to four hour uh, virtual segment of information. And the groundwater training that they provided really uh, allowed us to get it to the masses. So we, we were able to um, have a lot of our employees zoom in, listening, and still have interaction with that training. But that is just the first portion of the training that we will be providing to the police department. We will evolve. We've had a, uh, a few other on our radar of training to bring in, but it's very important for me, one, to first assess the type of training that they're offering so that I understand um, and, and understand how it's going to be presented because 
you, you understand the calls for changes. You, you say it's from the community. It's, it's not just from the community, it's, it's internal as well. So even presenting this first groundwater training made members of my department a little uneasy. That uneasiness is in itself <clears throat> room for a conversation. In itself is the question that should come up. What is it about this information that's being provided to you <clears throat> that's making you uncomfortable? So it's a lot of, it's a lot that's coming on in our society when we talk about calls for changing, um, diversity training, training and awareness of culture, basically the awareness to us truly understand we're all different, but it's okay in trying to understand each other so that we can be together, understand how we respond to things, understand what our own personal biases are, understanding what someone else's biases may be. Um, so that that's the start. I don't know if I answered your question, Nicarla, <laughs> but I think I tried to. <clears throat> I, I think you definitely did, because I was going to ask about what exactly racial equity training uh, involves, but I think you covered that. But I think you mentioned a really important concept, and I heard this mention coming into this, was this groundwater concept. Can you kind of define what does that mean, and um, how does that apply here? So how they presented the groundwater training was basically saying, um, just like when we respond to 911 calls, we're responding to the utmost when someone is in a crisis. But ultimately, the crisis is not... Um, we, we don't fix it when we arrive, whether it's someone going to jail, whether it's catching a, a suspect, burglar, assault. That is not the problem. The problem starts on how to become that problem. So groundwater training is basically like if you go to a lake in front of your house and you see a fish that's dead floating on top of it, you first think, oh, did the fish eat something? Did it die? But then all of a sudden, if you see a lake full of fish, with that are dead, oh, maybe it's the water or a stream. But then you start seeing other lakes with the same thing happening. You really start have to evaluating the ground, the water up underneath, which is the system that established. So this groundwater training and that that concept provided data and research from multiple entities. Um, years of data, CDC, other um, which is not related to law enforcement, um, a lot of other entities, a lot of other studies, and start mirroring the data that related to education, the healthcare, the banking systems, um, death, um, and evaluating just the data for who's dying, who's receiving treatment, and you started seeing the pattern across all systems, and then it looked into, of course, law enforcement, the prison systems, and things like that. Who is going to jail? And for years, consistently, consistently, there is an offset of the data. And it just didn't do a black and white situation. It had uh, it had all the um, the racial and as well as the gender demographics um, separated. So that's how this three to four segment. Groundwater also is um, racial equity can go into a two or three day session, but this was just the first start of this training. So that's what this portion of the training provided. Thank you for explaining that, Chief. Um, and applying for a grant can be time consuming and often a very competitive process. The police department's grant application included statements about department needs, the project budget, a timeline and goals. Please tell us uh, specifics about your plan uh, for who will do the training and what it involves. 
So as I mentioned before, um, this was, thank you, this is one of the first trainings that's being offered. And um, I have to go evaluate other training that's out there that may present it in a different realm, may offer other um, platforms for us as a department to be able to gauge in ourselves and have those discussions as well as us being able to take it out to the community so that we can invite them to have the discussions in regards to what their concerns are related to the police department, but also truly getting engaged in what, what we should be concerned about as a department to our education system. That's why we engage with the school systems all the time. We try to get to the school system, reach the kids, um, how they're engaged in the healthcare system, how someone's not being able to provide services, especially like now during COVID. Are you, are you, do you have ex access to healthcare do you even know a doctor to go ask questions to? This is all about education. So um, I don't know what the next, uh, uh, I guess, provider of training is going to be, but I am definitely evaluating uh, multiple options to go pull, that pull those training opportunities into department. And to your first thing, it is very difficult writing, uh, applying for a grant. You are correct. I just happen to have an amazing team that looks and researches grant opportunities, not just for this, but for other things for the community and the police department to join together. So, yes, thank you for that. I know we got a few minutes left in the uh, podcast, but I did want to ask you, you talked a little bit, you've already had some of this training. Is there a moment that kind of stood out in your mind that kind of um, defined this training for you that you saw when you're going through it? Yeah, so when I first attended it, it was over a year ago, um, I, I, I think I'm um, try to stay aware of many things in society but what defined it for me personally was how much I did not know how much the the data and the facts was so eye-opening in the so you can have a hunch about certain things but when you start relating the data to it it really awoken me to say I need to start researching myself and the part of uh, the training, they didn't provide solutions for you. What they said is now it's your responsibility to start, look, go research for yourself this data or try to uh, dispute it in whatever research you want to you wanna provide. But it can't be, no, I don't believe you. Don't believe me, believe the data. The other defining moment was being aware of internally the uncomfortable feelings that it made some of my employees feel. But then we have to have those discussions internally first before we can even go outside in our community to say, why are you upset? And whether they respond, well, they didn't tell us how to fix it. That's the point. There, if there was a way to fix it, we probably wouldn't be in the situation we are now. The point they were providing is now as people who are able to intelligently have a conversation, have discussions, you provide solutions for this issue or problem, or you do the research. So that was the other defining moment of, yeah, it, it is uncomfortable. Okay, now we've addressed it. We pulled the Band-Aid off. Now we, can start. We, we don't have to hide anymore. We don't have to not have the conversation. We have to acknowledge it. It will be uncomfortable. But once we realize that, now it's uncomfortable. It's not a confrontation. It is a true discussion. Nobody's attacking you. Nobody's attacking. We're not, we should not be attacking each other. But let's look at the facts and data so we can move forward to eliminate this opportunity. Because if you are uncomfortable, is it because they're accusing you of something? Or is it become 
like me, wow, I, I didn't know any of this, so I should be uncomfortable because I should be doing more research and be understanding this so I can help solve the problem, so I can care about not just my child being educated or receiving health care, but other children and other adults, other the, the community as a whole becoming aware of our condition. Thanks, Chief. Um, I'm going to skip down a little bit. I've seen you participate in some town halls. So uh, racial equity, a lot of people might say um, this is an ongoing conversation, ongoing process. Uh, outside of the police department, you're involved in organizations that address race relations. Please speak about your civic and professional affiliations. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, besides my um, professional associations, um, and it's it's kind of hard to divide because it's all me, um, no matter where. I just happen to put the uniform at the time. Like I'm uh, a member of the National Organization of Black Law Executives. I'm a member of um, the Hispanic Association of uh, Police Officer Association. I'm a member of my church. Um, Simon Temple. I'm a member of the Lynx Incorporated organization that um, has different facets that focuses on um, serving the community, serving in opportunities for the youth, um, serving in health care, different things. But I'm also just available as uh, my neighbor. You know, what do you need um, that I can provide to you? So I don't, I, it's hard for me sometimes to break down. This is just what I'm in this role. There are times that I have to do that. There are times that I have to separate. No, I'm, I'm operating as a volunteer for the Lynx right now. So, um, or I'm a mother taking my child to help her vote. I'm going to support my child in whatever she needs to do. And so that's, that's my role on that day. But at the same time, I'll carry two phones because just in case the police has to call me, I'm able to answer. So, yeah, it's kind of hard to separate those. Well, Chief, I think that's going to wrap it up for the show. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing some insight into the groundwater training that your officers and your department's going through. I think it's going to um, be a real benefit for our community and for the department going forward. so as well. Um, well, this is going to wrap up this episode, so be sure to subscribe to Radio Fable, the City of Fable's podcast channel, as we provide shows like this and other timely and informative updates every week. You can subscribe to Radio Fable on Apple iTunes, the iTunes podcast app, as well as the Google Play music podcast portal you can also listen to every podcast that radio fable has to offer by downloading the Faye tv streaming app available now on roku apple tv android tv and amazon fire tv to get information about city services go to our webpage at fayetteville again thank you chief and uh, to all of you thanks for joining us thank you